This is the Chee Chat Podcast with, with Chiquita Searle. So it is that time of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Get ex- gentlemen, get excited! It is your favorite dating segment, the Unhinged on Hinge. So I say this every week, but I'm not sure if this is a trademark violation. But we are going to continue undeterred until we are either sponsored or sued. Ideally, the former. So if anyone knows anyone at Hinge, please do feel free to hook a sister up. So this is a lovely segue into the introduction of today's dating and relationship coach, Renee Cat, who is known as the Divorce Go-To Curl. I'm going to say that again because my I'm just rambling and stumbling today and it is not good. I do not know what's happening. Welcome, Renee, and thanks so much for being with us. Thanks heaps for having me. <laughs> so, Renee, I know, I know, it's already, um, I'm already off tangent, but I always like to ask my dating and relationship experts the story of how they came to be in their line of work because I always find that everyone has a really, really fascinating story and I know, um, I only know the, a high level uh, of your story. I haven't gotten to the nuts and bolts of it, so I'm very very, very curious. I'm going to be hearing it at the same time as everyone else today. So can you tell us how you came to be the divorce go-to girl? Because in our chat, you did briefly describe it as a tsunami of a divorce, which depicts quite the ordeal. So what happened? (laughs) Okay, so let's go back. I think it was about nine years ago that the marriage ended and I was just a mess. I was a red hot mess. And, you know, it's always over before it's over. And But when the finality comes, when you actually call it officially, you know, I was looking at myself in the mirror and going, who are you? I didn't even recognize myself. I had nothing left to give. Couldn't even fake a smile when I saw friends at my daughter's swimming lessons. And so I went on my journey of, you know, self-discovery, I guess. And I was so grateful I had a coach in a networking group that I was part of. And she helped me through it, as well as I was seeing a psychologist at the time too. So was this before you decided to leave the marriage or was this after? This is after. Okay. So what was the catalyst then? What Was was there a final straw in you deciding to leave? Oh, I, I realised, I think I was sitting there one night going, I'm so sick of this, like what felt like emotional abuse or mm-hmm. the head games. Yes. And I just went, there's the effing front door. And, you know, it wasn't my finest hour either um, or my finest. I didn't have a lot of dignity in that moment either or a few after. Well, I think when you're worn down after <laughs> oh. years and years of um, being, in an ex- being in a situation which is not healthy emotionally or mentally, you do the best with what you have. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, you, it's reaction. It's you're, fe- you're full of fear and so doubt. So how long right? did you think about it for before you actually pulled the trigger? Oh, and she didn't kill him either. <laughs> That's, like, <laughs> That's metaphorical. It's a metaphorical trigger. I actually had asked for a, a separation when I was pregnant, I think seven months pregnant with our daughter at the time. And at the time the marriage ended, she was three, just turned three. So three years you'd been thinking about it and... Yeah, wondering, you know, do you How stay? do I make this happen? Do you go? Was there anything that kind of was the catalyst for you just going, okay, today's that day? I had... I'd been told I had to have knee surgery in the, I think the September, and the doctor gave me that, that that information. I just burst out crying, and I knew that moment the marriage wouldn't survive it. But I went ahead with it anyway, and then yeah, blah blah blah. So it wouldn't survive it because when you have knee surgery, you're debilitated, so you need someone to care for you. Yeah, so and I you knew that I just was going to go from be no being caring. Miss Mrs. Independent and you know, not being able to shower myself or drive or anything. I just knew, my intuition just knew. And 
But, you know, sometimes you don't listen to those little whispers, but I've Sometimes learned. the universe steps in, Renee. Yes. And, and they do it with a big bat to the knee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened then? So you left, so you were seeing a coach through BNI, you were seeing a psychologist. Yeah. And then, so then I took, I sort of took myself off on a retreat and that was the divorce retreat that I named it, that I was going to Thailand and just going to... Get out, try and help myself with the anxiety and depression because I was on medication at the time and just, yeah, I just needed some alone time and just to figure out how to get some peace and calm back and, and deal with it. And yeah, over at the retreat and then came back and then after a little while, because then I was in the travel industry, like I've been out of the industry now for about five years and but I was like, I've still got you know, I'm not ready to date yet, but I've still got to get something out of my system. And I'm like, where can I go that's hot? I can shop. There's nightlife. Um, where, where else can I just go and have fun and do like adrenaline activities so like being active? And I went, oh my God, Vegas. And I had never been there. So I took myself on a week to Vegas in New York. Holiday. Yeah, my divorce holiday. And oh my God, it was the best fun. Oh, I have to ask, you know, can what hap- what happens in Vegas, can it not stay in Vegas in this instance? It or? absolutely stayed in Vegas and it stayed <laughs> off Facebook too. <laughs> that might be for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am, I know I'm taking a little while to answer the story, but yeah, so when I came back, I ha- then had this suddenly single holidays brand because I was like, oh, maybe, you know, if I could take, there's going to be other people like Because you like came me. back, you were in the travel industry yes. and you thought to yourself... I, went, I just went on a divorce retreat, essentially. I just went on a divorce holiday if it benefited me. Because you came back a new woman, didn't you? Other people started to notice that you were looking much more vibrant. You were happy. You were smiling again. Uh, you were back to your you know, your former self to a degree. And they noticed. And so you realize, actually, there might be something in this. So I can help myself with it. Yeah, definitely. others. And I just felt it as well. I thought, God, I've been doing this job for so long. Like, it had nearly been 20 years or something. I'm like you know, if, I can't be the only one like this. And so what if I could take other people to Vegas or to on a divorce retreat and stuff? So then the, the brand Suddenly Single Holidays came about. And this, and you did that through your travel business? Yes, okay. yeah. And then... Well, that was very fortuitous, Renee. Yes. And then I think then I ended up um, in Sydney with the studying, you know, entrepreneurship and working on that business and when I was with one of the coaches there she said every time you talk about helping people through a divorce specifically back then it was just women um you light up go and become the divorce go-to girl and I was like oh my god yes it was like someone had given me permission to follow my passion Mm. and because I thought that was for movie stars and rock stars and sports elite following your passion right Mm. and so I did and so how long ago was that now Oh, that would be about, probably come up to seven years ago, I think. Okay, wow. So, the Suddenly Singles brand, you started taking people on divorce retreats and divorce holidays. And so, how did they go? Did, was there a market for it? I'm so curious. And what did you do with them on these holidays and retreats? The, did you lead them astray? <laughs> <laughs> that was the intention. Um, but it ended up being more so that I set them up, like they would go on their own and or with a girlfriend and I would set them up with my contacts on the ground and, and book that part of it for me. I never got a group off the ground back then. It was more just, oh yeah, I'm going to go and do this on my own. So, that sort of where the avenue it went down. Okay. And so 
do you still have that brand? Because you obviously are doing Divorce Go-To Girl now. That is your brand and it's been a very successful brand. You're all over the media. So we're very fortunate to have you in here with us today. So what happened to Suddenly Singles and how long did it take you to get the Divorce Go-To Girl brand off the off the mark? off the ground so the divorce go-to girl kind of took over when i launched my um the online course beyond the breakup boot camp that's when all the media came in what are you doing what's all this what's your tips and it, that sort of took over and it's just been that ever since like i've just rolled with it and just totally changed reinvented myself a few times and hold that thought we are going to touch on reinvention we do have to go to a quick break now but i want to talk about reinvention when we come back this is chit chat with with chiquita Searle. if you are just joining us we are in here in studio with the divorce go-to girl renee cat who has just shared her own story of leaving a marriage after almost nine years i think and through rediscovering herself has been able to start helping others through a similar process so renee thank you again for being in studio with us you are so welcome so we touched on reinvention Invention. You mentioned just before the break, we'll just do a little recap, how you left your marriage, you took yourself off on a divorce retreat holiday. Uh, I mean, you explored your own self through those situations and then realized that there could be a market for other people because they were noticing how healthy and well you were looking. And so you started a suddenly singles brand and then studied entrepreneurship and someone mentioned to you, you should be the divorce go-to girl. And then it was just an aha moment, an epiphany. A new brand was formed and here we are. Um, but I just want to – so talk, let's talk about reinvention because how did you reinvent yourself? I know that it was probably not an easy process. So coming out of that, was there a process that you, you followed yourself to, to get from A to B? So it was more just like how do I find my sparkle again because I'd lost it. And I just went, well, what's going to make me happy? Who am I? And I started owning, okay, well, if the relationships ended, there was two people in it. I had to have some part in it ending, right? Because that made sense. Did your sense. husband want to end it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think So it was amicable in terms of, or mutual, let's say mutual. Yes, yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. There was amicable. no, you know, we need to get back together. There was, yeah, none of that. We knew it, but it's it's just that hard time to call it, right? Because it's the hardest decision, I think, in the world to make, especially when you've got kids. You know, is it the right thing? So many things go around in your mind. So I thought, well, and I was, as I said, I was lucky I was working with a coach, so she was helping me with all this as well. But I went, well, who am I now? Because I'm a mother, you know, I've got a business, but how am I going to survive financially? So I just had to do a deep dive into, well, who was I and who did I want to become as well? Because I sure wasn't going to be stay that woman I saw back in the mirror. And I just made some conscious choices about, you know, I, want, I got a picture in my mind of what I wanted to look like as well. So I went and got a big a makeover, like hair done. Um, I went and got some new makeup, new wardrobe. Like I walked into Sass and Biden. Oh my God, now the thousands of dollars I've spent there, but never mind. So, you know, like I, I did it from the inside out mm. as well as outside in, in you sort of thing. Bases. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to talk about the decision to leave a marriage. Do you have people coming? Because it is such a big decision, especially when you do have children, as mm. you mentioned. So do you have people coming to you for advice about if they should leave a marriage? Do you counsel people through that process to help them make that decision? Yes, I do. So what advice, um, if you know, if someone was thinking about leaving a marriage and they couldn't quite decide, they can't quite pull the trigger, yeah. I mean, what advice would you have for them in terms of the decision? How do you know if you should leave a marriage? 
So we often will look for the logical answer, right? Ticking the boxes, that kind of thing. And we can do that to stay or leave. But I will actually say there's a whole series on the on my YouTube channel that's got videos to complement this question. Um, but I would always say to people, you know, if there's domestic violence, emotional abuse, consistent gambling, consistent cheating, um, get out. Because if that person's not going to change the behaviour... But ultimately, it's you just have a feeling inside, and you just you do have a knowing. It's just that voicing it is the hardest part because the moment you say it out loud to somebody, it becomes real. And I think a lot of people think, "Oh, we've got to do this whole for better or worse, you know, for forever kind of thing." But the reality is, when the idea of marriage was invented. We were living till we were like thirty or forty, right? And so you were getting married at eighteen, and now we're not get, we're getting married later, but we're living to a hundred sort of things. So mm. it's the idea of being with one person for that long is is it even a reality these days? What are your thoughts on that? Because I've asked myself that as well. Because how do you actually stay with the one person forever? And is it a realistic expectation? <laughs> well, clearly for me, it wasn't a realistic expectation. Well, yeah, but my parents have been married for forty five years or something ridiculous. So. I mean, people are doing it. For some, yes, and for some, no, because we're all on a different journey and we're all looking for something different. And if you're willing to to go through the hard yards together as well and grow together, but I think it just there's so many variables to that question. Is it possible? Yes. Is it possible? No. Mm-hmm. So it's how long is that piece of string? It's almost rhetorical, isn't it, really? Uh, okay, so in terms of someone's made a decision to leave the marriage and how can you compel them to take action because I think it's the decision is one thing but then taking the action is a complete different kettle of fish so how do you compel someone to take the action when they actually then have made the decision so I guess the advice I have on that is because it is the hardest conversation to have you're when you're having that conversation and I literally was doing this the other day with a couple in session that he called it and she was in complete shock but and it was phenomenal, like just holding space for them and like you can't prepare the other person's reaction. But what I do know, and that's why I studied the family mediation and family law and, and launched separation success was so couples could do it differently. And rather than, you know, have nasty fights, try and come from an absolute place of kindness and compassion for the other person, which is the opposite of what most couples do. And then deal with the emotional stuff first before you rush off to lawyers, before you announce it on Facebook or whatever people do. Like, just do it differently, which is doing it with the emotions first so that you're not making, you know... These- so, how do they do that then? So, if someone, if a couple is has decided to divorce, what? how do they deal with the emotional fallout before they actually get the lawyer? Because I think part of that is the rejection wound. One party mm. generally makes the decision and the other party feels rejected. And that is the rejection and abandonment wounds are huge mm-hmm. in people. And so, obviously, a response is going to be reactive. It's going to be heightened. It's going to be, it's going to be stress associated. Uh, so, how do you then manage that emotional fallout to for both parties to then move forward yeah so some of the amicably the, well, not amicably but you know with a, as a better peacefully out, as peacefully as possible 
So some of the processes I work through with my clients, we actually deal with the rejection, the fear and all those sorts of um, those feelings. And it's just in a therapeutic process that we can take them through so that they're, you know, realizing they haven't failed as well because it's the meaning we put on the ending too. Oh, I failed. There's shame. What are people going to think? When the reality is... It's about 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 68% of second marriages in divorce. And it's nearly seven. Yeah. And it's nearly 70% or 70% higher of third marriages because people just jump into relationship again and again. Do you think that's because they're not doing the work? 100%. They, they have their own empty emotional cups, um, which is a new term I learned recently. Mm-hmm. And so they're looking to other people to fill those cups. So they're going and dating mani- like maniacs to get other people to... And also I think, do you believe that we are conditioned to believe that we can't actually be happy unless we are in a relationship? Yeah, to a degree. And I think there's that fear of loneliness and being alone. But it's like, well, yeah, you might be alone for a little while, but it's not going to be forever. It's just for a moment. And if you don't do the work, what's going to happen is you're going to take all that sort of energy and your stuff, the emotional baggage from that relationship into the next one. You'll have those unhealed wounds and you're likely to attract the similar type of partner. Because if you have an an unconscious belief in yourself that I'm not good enough or all men will cheat or all women will hurt me or betray me, you, that'll play out in your relationship pattern and you'll it'll just unfold again. So I just want to come back to the apps because mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to I'm going to assume that you did date after your marriage breakdown. Sure did. Um, oh, so, did you, so tell us about that. So, what was it like for you getting back on the apps after? Oh, after the um, yeah, after your post all the Las Vegas fun. Uh, so, what was it like yourself? And you obviously used them. So, talk talk us through that, Renee. And then I want to know from a professional point of view, what do you think of the apps and how you coach your clients in terms of mm-hmm. uh, navigating them. So back then I was dating my butt off because I was like, I don't, who is my guy, right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to date the short guy, the tall guy, the bad guy, the this guy, the that guy. And look, I had a great time. Um, (laughs) And then some not so good times I got... Oh, I got stood up once. That was that was a hilarious. Um, Tell us about that story. What happened? So I forget what app I was on. Um, I would have to be Tinder for sure. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't Tinder. It was might have been Poff or like Plenty of Fish oh, yes, or Bedu or oh, I don't. I Blender or one of them and Blender. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Not, no, yes, yeah, Blend. Yes, yeah, that I don't know. Anyway, so this guy's like, okay, we're going to meet in the city. I'm like, cool, a night in town. We're going to go to this cool bar. Yep, awesome. And I had just happened to be going to the hairdressers that day, like pre the date. So I was looking amazing. Yes, of course. Okay, right. And he was like reconfirming throughout the day quite a bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, weird. Like I would always reconfirm. And I just, I actually had a dream the night before that he wasn't who he said he was. Oh, God. Anyway, so I'm like, yeah, I'm just getting a taxi in from a mate's house in the city. I'll be there in like five minutes. Anyway, I'm here. And when I'd arrived in the taxi, I could see this other guy on his phone a lot. And I'm like, you look nothing like the guy in the photo. Um, But maybe there's, you know, coincidence. I don't know. Anyway, um, I said, yes, I'm here. 
Next minute, the guy that was on the phone, um, I get this text. He's gone. And I get this text saying, sorry, can't make it. Just got pulled over the by the cops for DUI. Now, mind what? you. Yeah, okay. So, the thing is, he was living in Southbank, so he said, and we were meeting up at Cookie, right? So, it not... Why were you driving? Away. Why were you driving Why on a you Friday drink and drinking? So I was just like, no, you weren't. You've rocked up and probably either seen you don't you're not attracted to me, although I'm exactly who I am in person as my photos. Photos, right? Mm. So there was no surprises. But it was just funny. I was just like, Oh, too funny. And I and I just rang my mate and said, I'm coming back to your place, let's go out so for a drink. Do you think it was that guy? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what he looked like? He was shorter, <laughs> um, Shorter and chubby, and not that that's an issue, but it was completely different. The guy on the app was like your typical tall, dark, and handsome. Oh, okay. So he's a catfish. Yeah. And he yeah. wanted to go and see who was arriving to see if you did look like your photos, maybe. Yeah, but then obviously, I don't know. even if he did like you, he couldn't come over because how do you navigate that? Just say, sorry, I wasn't comfortable or confident yeah. enough to use my own photos. Yeah, and I would have gone, yeah, okay, so check you later. Thanks yeah. for wasting well, my time. But, um,. I think that uh, that's not an unusual occurrence, sadly, in the dating world. So, um, so the dating app. So that was one of the stories. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of fun, but obviously not on that occasion. Uh, what? So what else happened? So tell us about getting back on the apps and, so, and for also, the first time. So I, the first guy I went out with, um, he was like six foot something or rather, covered in tats, had a motorbike. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, and we went away for a week on the back of his bike, and it was awesome, and. I mean, that just sort of fizzled, I suppose. Um, but he was complete opposite of my ex. And I think that was the intention I'd set. I just wanted to get out there and and know what it was like to, to date. Do you recommend people date ever, lots of different types of people when they come out of long-term relationships to try and – for practice or to – yeah, what I know. Rec- we doing? I'm confused all the time about dating. I think <laughs> y- yes, I think dating is a good thing, but when you take it to the Tinder extreme, I guess of you know having all these friends with benefits that will affect your self worth. Being mm-hmm. there, done that too. Um, but it just depends where you're at and what you're able to do yourself and what you're looking for. Because if you're setting the intention, I was just setting the intention. I just want to date lots of guys, mm-hmm. and there was never anything serious that came out of it. Was that also your intention though? You weren't interested in anything serious at the time so it was fine to take that approach? If you had been looking for something more serious would you have taken a different approach? I think if I'd met somebody that I really really liked I would have been open to you know seeing them again but what I realised when I then worked with a different coach is that I had I wasn't wanting commitment. Commitment was actually an away from value so there was the reason why he wasn't texting back or anything is because I didn't want commitment. Mm. So, again, it's there's a lot of, I suppose, psychology behind why it works, why it doesn't. Um, but I would just, yeah, you've got to go on, I think, with a very open mind, but also going out there and going, well, how can I make this a great night? How can I have fun with this person? And one of the best dates I actually went on with this guy was we went rock climbing on our first date. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that was ace fun. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have never – I'm just trying to think of all my dates and all of them have generally been at a bar or coffee, to be fair. So a bar's fun. I don't want to get a, hot and sweaty in front of it. 
a potential, you know, was, love interest. I was just like, whatever. And then we ended up well, going certainly out. not in public. Then we went and played pool and had a, a, a beer and a chat and had a really great night. But I would much prefer to do something where there's energy mm. rather than sitting down having coffee. I mean, poke me in the eye with a blunt <laughs> stick, right? Because yeah. you then feel like it's a job interview. Oh, okay. Well, I will take that under advisement, <laughs> Renee. This is the Chi Chat Podcast. So we are in studio today with Renee Cat. She is Australia's go-to divorce, divorce go-to girl, I should say. And she has been regaling us with her incredibly fascinating story on how she came to be helping people through messy and traumatic divorces. So thank you again, Renee, for being in studio with us. Yeah, welcome. So I just want to talk about fear because I think a lot of people um, don't leave relationships, don't leave bad relationships out of fear. So can you talk us through, did you experience any fear yourself personally before leaving your own marriage? Yeah, so going back then it was like, well, I think initially people think, oh, the fear of the kids, how are they going to survive? Or, you know, the fear of judgment, which is a universal fear. You know, what are people going to think? How, how am I, I going to cope? And, you know, it's just this such unknown because for our nervous system, I suppose, we've never been in this place before. So it's so unfamiliar, which is why we stay stuck for so long. And it's rocking the, this foundation of your life, essentially, isn't it? To leave this relationship that you've probably been in for some time. It's the mother or father of your children. Absolutely. There's the fear of, okay, the divorce, what does that mean? That I've got to go through lawyers. It's going to be awful. What does it mean for us financially? All of that stuff you know I'm not going to see my kids as much but um and fear of yeah just being alone um not meeting anyone again I think would be a big one that comes up for people too and you know so how do you then navigate this how do you work with your clients to navigate them through all these fears because they're they're an abundance of fears and they're all relatively relevant aren't they they're all relevant because it's whenever you, you can't make an emotion wrong because then you dismiss it goes under the carpet and then it'll just come and bite you in the bum later on exactly so you have to deal with whatever the feeling is because it's there to tell you something but the reality is well you're a grown adult and you can look after yourself so and I tell people it's not going to be always that way it's just a little while so to just sort of I suppose in a coaching term is like to chunk it right back to we're just doing this for now and yes the, the fear is there because it's uncertainty and your brain is in fight flight or freeze more, most likely than not so you're not even functioning properly to make decisions from that place of love and trust it's all you're full of fear and doubt which so it's normal but you have to work through it Do you know, when I was experiencing my biggest heartbreak a decade ago now, (laughs) I was beside myself. I'd gone through a breakdown. And I mean, we'd only been together two years, but we did. We had bought a house together. We had a business together. And so it was my most significant relationship to date. And I did think we'd be together forever. And uh, when we broke up, I remember I was in all sorts. And one of my friends, she just said one thing to me. And I just go back to it every single time. Literally, it was such a small thing, but... It was so uh, rational. And because all she said to me, she said, Chiquita, this isn't going to kill you. Mm. And I just went, oh, actually, you're right. It won't. This isn't going to kill me. So I've just never had any fear of heartbreak again because it won't ever kill me. I'm not going to die of a broken heart. So I'll be okay. Yeah. You're divorced, not dead. Yeah, exactly. You're divorced, not dead. So for me, I just come back to the it's not going to kill me. No. And for most people, it's not the person. It's the idea of the dream 
that holds them back. Mm. When, and when people have that realisation of, oh, right. Oh, that's right. The great Australian dream. You know, I can, like, I'll, I will feel better. And yes, I can meet somebody mm. else and we can do it again. But it's the this dream of this, you know, white picket fence or whatever your dream is and being together forever because you said those vows that no longer work. Um, so it's it's just all normal. So I want to talk attachment styles because mm-hmm. that seems to come up a lot in terms of relationships and I haven't been able to delve into it too much um, to date, but in our chat earlier today you did mention it because I think when you work with people – often the the two people in the couple have very different attachment styles. Can you just take us through what attachment styles are and how one would identify what their attachment style is? Sure. So I'm going to refer to Diane Poolhella, who's the one who's behind this the, this attachment. And she has a – you can go and do a quiz on her website and find out what your so attachment – So what's her name? Diane Poolhella. Okay. And there's a free attachment style quiz you can do. So they're the ones I'm referring to. Okay. And so they start – there's – Obviously, where everybody wants to be is in the secure attachment style, which means that you are confident. There's reciprocal um, contribution in the relation, like giving, lots of giving. There's taking as well. It's not. I don't mean tit for tat either. By the way, Um, non-reactive within that relationship, and you're resilient to get through things. You know, you're not taking everything so personally and up and down. Um, Do they exist? That just (laughs) is this a unicorn situation. <laughs> oh, oh, are you a are you a sick? Of course you are. <laughs> I'm probably anxious avoidant or something. <laughs> so there's anxious preoccupied, which means an, an emotional hunger. Mm. Um, there's a fantasy bond of what it is, and a lack of nurturing within it, and lots of turbulence. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the fearful avoidant. So lots of internal conflict, um, very dramatic, unpredictable, and ambivalence is those sort of traits you'll show. Okay. Then the other one is dismissive avoidant. Mm-hmm. So there's like isolation within the relationship, like within yourself, within the relationship, ambiguity, ambivalence, and emotionally distant. So they're the traits of, you know, the, of that particular um, attachment style. Okay, and so I'm going to get on and I'm going to take that quiz. Yes. It sounds like the five love languages quiz. And if you were interested in that, I'm words of affirmation and acts of service. Um, <laughs> just an FYI. Uh, okay, so you um, you actually work as one of the experts with the Maya Forever Matchmaking Agency. And we were very fortunate to have Anna and Allah on last mm. week, which was very exciting. So what are your thoughts on using a matchmaking agency versus – using dating apps? I think it's a great idea for busy professionals who just don't have the time to invest because it's a lot of um, – even when I got back on the, the dating apps not long ago after I ended my three-year relationship, it was like, God, the time, the time-consuming. Oh, my God. But not even just the time, the expense. Honestly, oh. when I was – because I've talked to quite a few of my girlfriends about the matchmaking agency since uh, stumbling upon Anna and Ella myself and – Oh, I've been adding up because yeah, matchmaking agency. It's more. It's a bigger investment financially. But the thing is, I went back and I was adding up all the f- first days I've been on over the last few years, and I always generally go halves, and it's significant. And I just thought, I'm never seeing these people again. I'm going halves in this situation, which is fair. You know, I've had my share of it, but that 
is just a waste of resources. It's a waste of my time and it's a waste of my money. Mm. So I just thought, why not invest in something that where all the work is actually done for me? I mean, I just want to be able to turn up. Yes. And because most people have this list that goes on forever oh, and list. ticking the boxes, the mm. music, the sports, the the height. Oh, my God. You know, the eye oh. colour. The I'm big uh, on the height. I won't be so pedantic to talk about eye colour, but I do like a dark hair with a light eye. But, I mean, it's not a deal breaker. <laughs> but a lot of people <laughs> say that they, there are deal breakers for those things. Really? So deal breakers on an eye colour? Or, you know, if Have you been it, watching maths? Bryce oh. loves the blue eyes, the blonde hair and the blue eyes. It's. I actually, I haven't watched it this season because I, did, I used to watch it. Oh, it's a train wreck. Oh, it's it's literally wreck. watching a car crash, but you can't look away because oh, we're all yes. so nosy. We want to see what happens. We know it's going to end in tears every week, but yeah. we just can't help ourselves. We're voyeurs. Exactly right. Um, but the matchmaking, I definitely think, because they're going to look for other traits and values and deeper underlying, you know, things that make relationships last to know if you're really compatible long term. Because those, the initial stages, you know, there's that excitement when you meet someone. And Well, how do you tell if you're compatible long term, Renee? I mean, that's, I think, one of the biggest issues with dating apps is because when you are on the apps you are spoilt for choice you literally have so many options you'll be talking to four to five different people at a time Mm. and you almost have a fear of missing out so you'll go on a date with one person but then you're talking to other people so you've got to literally go on dates with them and so instead of focusing on that one person and going on three or four dates with them and trying to form a connection you are literally going oh I'll go on the date with him but this guy over here is still messaging so I'll go on a date with him too and oh maybe I'll like him better so how do you control that uh, fear of missing out and I guess the always the the desire to upgrade because I think men would be experiencing this as well so I guess the grass is going to be greener where you water it. Mm. So if you do, and oh, if you so do, <laughs> if you do feel a connection with somebody on that first date, you're going to want to see each other again because mm. I also believe that who is meant for you won't go past you. And you know it's fine to be dating other people if you're at the same time if you haven't had that conversation, I guess, or you don't know that you're, um, you know, you're just together Mm. who said you can't date a few people at the same time when you're just putting the feelers out I suppose and there's been you know you're being open and honest about it but do you really believe a connection can be formed in the one date it depends how again attachment styles too Mm. it comes back to that is that person what's that what are they going through I think you'll know if they're a good person you'll feel it and you'll also feel if there's like a warning sign too but people do get confused I have seen it time and time again and heard about it time and again like oh my god this chemistry we had you know and I was like oh my god that's such a warning sign so talk to us about that because you're the first person who said um that that's a red flag so talk us about why you believe the chemistry and the butterflies are a red flag instead of something to look out for because often that feeling in the gut is actually a warning sign from your subconscious mind that hey I'm not safe and that's that anxiety there as well so how can we misconstrue that as chemistry good chemistry because people think it's butterflies and I'm you know it's just it's a, just a termination but often in a it's like a psychology term they're called schemas and often it's your bad stuff and his bad stuff getting together thinking this is just crazy good making the actual chemical in your brain go nuts and sometimes you have feel like you have no control over it. There's been studies that they say that love is like a drug mm. but it's not, you know, 
yeah, lasting. And it's just this warning sign of, yeah, my bad stuff and your bad stuff are going to get together and um, have a dance. Yeah. Do a dance. Do a dance and do a really bad dance. A bad dance and cause some more heartache. So. I think when you have a, a feeling across your heart space, right, I'm going to say the heart chakra, your heart area, your chest up there, and it feels nice and it feels comfortable. But do you feel like you can have that on your first date? Because I just, I am unsure. Because when I've been in the relationships I've entered, it's happened over a period of time. I mean, my last one was I met him at work and he was just situa- situationally, geographically near me regularly. And it was a while before I even realized I liked him. And he was just there. And then it grew from that. So, I mean, the apps don't really fo- facilitate that kind of um, connection, do no, they? Not really, because then you meet up with someone and you're basically going, well, mm. are, you, are you ticking the boxes that you said you were on the app? Mm. And then you were sussing. Because here's the thing. Women are always sussing men out. Are you a predator or a protector? Ooh, good terminology. I like it. So that that's what our brain is doing. Am mm. I going to be safe with this person? Yes, yes. So on the first date, it's just you know it's you just it's sounding ground so until you're feeling more comfortable you're not going to allow mm. that anyway i don't think so i think that's really good advice and based on uh, just that i'm going to use that as a nice segue into further advice you're going to be giving so what is the the breakup boot camp that you have coming up so i've got in an online um retreat because obviously with last year you know we can't travel it's so uncertain I mean sure we may be able to leave our state but with there was so much uncertainty I thought really people need more healing because like I was so busy last year relationships were in turmoil and stress and I just decided to help be able to help more people heal that I would do an online healing retreat and it's this the a one day um online event in April okay to help people heal from their breakups. Well, I think, um, yes, a lot went down during COVID. And Mm. I think there's been quite a few breakdowns in relationships because I think people were stuck together and they realized very quickly, do I still like this person? And quite like they they didn't. So, Renee, thank you so much for being here today. How can people get in touch with you? They can. Especially if they want to leave their partner. Yeah, so um, people can... I work in East Bentley but with clients online so they can just give me a call my number's quite available stalk me on my socials because I'm I'm quite a public profile for people to see what I'm talking about so you know the person you're going to be working with which is important you can trust what they're saying so stalk me online or so just So on Instagram, touch. it's at DivorceGoToGirl. Yes. Yeah, and online, DivorceGoToGirl.com. Is that correct? Yes. And there's LinkedIn or just give me a call. So Renee Cat, that's R-E-N-E-C-A-T-T. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today, Renee. I really enjoyed it. You are so welcome. This is the Cheat Chat Podcast.